in today's show, we look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire, the fallout from the Devin Booker injury, and other stuff, I guess. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So we're going to do a waiver wire show today. There was big news, of course, with Devin Booker. I'd already ruled him out for the next week and a half, but it's longer than that. It's at least four weeks, significant groin injury there for Booker. The complicating factors, we're going to talk about this in a second, is that the guys replacing him are injured as well. So trying to trying to thread that needle is going to be tough, but we will talk about it in a second, along with all of the other waiver wire action. So you know what? Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, the most added players. This is over not quite the last 24 hours, I think the last 18 hours since I last checked on these numbers. So since I uh, did the show yesterday, the most added player is Tony Warren Jr. Still, everyone is jumping on the Warren bandwagon. Now I get it, I do. And as I've said before, like it's fine to add him. I just It's really hard for me to trust a 25-minute-a-night bench player who scores and does it efficiently but doesn't do a huge amount else. He, did, he is rebounding really well. I'm still a little skeptical of the long-term value there of Warren. But look, it, it is worth an ad. Look, it is worth just to see what's going to happen. I don't think he's going to be smashing through the top 100 regularly, but everyone's on board. Second most added player is Nazareth Reed. This one, again, is, is an ad. It's worth an ad. He outplayed Rudy Gobert last game. Whether he plays that many minutes next to Gobert moving forward, I don't know. Because that was, I think, largely... Um, reliant on the fact that Kyle Anderson was out. And Anderson will come back, I assume, at some point before Carl Anthony Towns comes back. And then we'll see what happens to Reed. Does he play 21 minutes? Is that enough? Does he still play 25, 26? Does Anderson just lose minutes? I don't know what they're going to do. But that is something that's worth watching, something that's worth monitoring. And Reed is worth a grab. The third most um, added player is Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now! Three good games out of his last four. There's going to be inconsistency. There's going to be percentage issues. But the little bit of extra faith that they are putting into Sohan is interesting. I think he's fine to grab. He's definitely an ad in all 14-team leagues, and he has been that for weeks. But in a 12-team league, uh, grab him. I think you're going to have... And that's the thing that happens a lot of this time with players around this period of the season, is that you'll have these guys who have these little stretches, and they fall out, and they end up as the 130th best player... And that's fine to roster. It's fine not to roster. And you'll end up doing a dance where you get more value out of streaming that spot, but you can't see yourself letting go of the young player who showed a little bit of upside. Now, Sohan's been really good. Again, over this last three to four games, one of them was bad, but really nice performances across other games. The assists are a surprise. The defensive stats have started to come up. And he's worth grabbing. Like, it's always worth grabbing a guy like that and just seeing what happens and seeing where it goes without expectations being kept in check. Now, Patrick Williams is the opposite of that. 
he doesn't really have any upside, I don't think. But what we do know is at this point, despite getting benched and told he was getting benched and told he would be benched when another player came back from injury, it hasn't happened. Mainly because that other player hasn't really come back from injury, but we're seeing Williams' minutes not only stay steady as a starter, but increase. And he is not a sexy player at all, right? There's The upside is pretty low, I think. But the Bulls have a strong schedule, especially short-term. The minutes are, are up at the moment, and I don't mind him as a short-term ad. Long-term, I would take um, Warren and Sohan over him. Reed's not a long-term option, but I would take Reed short-term over Pat Williams. But I, I get the ad of Williams there if we're looking at just this little sort of four or five-day period until Javante comes back while the Bulls have a good schedule. The next four guys... Um, the way I do it is we have different advanced roster percentage metrics at Basketball Monster. So the top four added there are those four, Warren Reed, Sohan Williams. The next four are the guys added the most added on Yahoo. Now, there is some crossover here, but you'll see some different names. Jackson Hayes, most added player. <sighs> I don't know. He's been really good. Yes, but Zion is back. Trey Murphy is back. Um, Herb Jones remains out. I, I Look, he might not play. I wouldn't have rushed to grab Jackson Hayes. Let's put it that way. Dwayne Washington Jr., people very much reacted to last game. And I get it. Washington did this last season, even in Indiana. But he's a two-way player. I don't think there's any guarantee that he's playing like this, even with Booker out for four weeks. In fact, there are two players who aren't who didn't play last game who are going to come back and impact him. One of those is Landry Shamet, and one of those is Cameron Payne. I would, and we talked about adding Shamet as soon as Booker went down on Christmas. And then, of course, I did it. And then um, uh, Booker, uh, Shamet got hurt himself. And then everyone started to drop, and I wouldn't have done that. And I didn't do it. I, I held on to Shamit where I picked him up. But now with Shamit out again, with um, Payne still dealing with that foot issue, Washington's the popular choice. But don't be surprised if it's Damian Lee today and not Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington can't do this consistently, I don't believe. It's absolutely fine to add him, right? No, no problem. But watch who you're dropping whether it is Lee you're adding or Jock Landau you're adding or Damian Lee that you're adding or Josh Okogie that you're adding or even for, to, to be honest, Tory Craig, although he's got a little bit more value. Watch who you drop because that was great last game from Washington, but when you add Dwayne Washington today, you don't get last game's value. You don't, you don't get it. So there's no guarantee that A, he ever does that again or even does it today or even plays 15 minutes in the games moving forward when Shamit is back. So he's fine. I would clearly... Let's do it now. I would clearly prioritize, prioritize, that's not a word. I would clearly prioritize Landry Shamit. That is who I would add out of those guys. Now, Cameron Payne is still going to come back. So that's going to be an impact too. He might be an option. Um, Tory Craig, I think he is, is worth having as well. But I would have Shamit over Kogi over Washington. Damian Lee's the other one who honestly could outplay Shamit at times. So he's one to watch for like 14. So I would add Shamit in 12. I would consider a stream of Lee or Washington today in 12, but they're more longer term 14 team league guys. A Kogi's like a 16 team league guy. I think maybe pushes to 14. Well, Tory Craig, I think is a 12 team league player with the absence of Devin Booker. So we've got that. I am prioritizing Landry Shamit, but I don't feel confident about any of it. I've seen Shamit play for four years. I've seen him be bad in starters minutes for four years. I've seen him have a couple of strong games here, but it really is a points and threes guy. He can chop, chuck in some assists, but he's a points and threes player. And we've seen points and threes players. AJ Griffin, Malik Beasley, Tim Hardaway. There's a million of these guys that get hot, they get cold. So I am looking at Shamit, but I don't feel great about it. And then it's Payne, Lee, Washington, Landau, probably in that order. 
Although, again, with Payne, it's not a short-term ad. It's a longer-term ad for hoping he comes back and they play a little bit of Payne-Paul backcourt. I think they will. But it is a very messy situation, I think. And it's not one of those clear one-for-ones. It might be a one-for-one with Shamit, for sure. But those other guys, Lee, Washington, Kogi, Landale, I don't think any of those guys are clear must-roster 12-team league guys. I can't really see them as that must-player. At, at this stage. Maybe they get there. That is possible. And maybe they do it and Washington establishes himself and they play him 30 minutes a night even though he's a two-way guy um, and they limit Shamit and Lee and Payne. I just don't really think that is a uh, a realistic outcome there. It might be, but I don't think it is. Two of the other higher added players, Quentin Grimes, yes, should have been added weeks ago. And Killian Hayes, yes. Like I don't know what the delay is here. These are guys that should have been added four weeks ago. But they're two of the most highest added players on Yahoo today. All right, that's uh, that's cool. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket, 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 we can't think. We can't think. Sorry, right? yeah, come Sorry. on, come on, come on, come on. If your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and to save money, you need Rocket Money. Say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods. Say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscriptions that you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. Rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. Let's go to the most dropped players. I think I agree with almost everyone on this list. Almost. Alexei Pokyshevsky, yes. He was a drop anyway. He hurt his ankle. He's going to be out for a while. Clear drop. Clear drop. Aaron Neesmith, yes. I do think, you know what? Let's just give a blanket jack here. Get that garbage out of here! Neesmith is totally okay to hold in a 12-team league, but we're seeing the issues with a not-good player. Some nights he'll play 28, some he'll play 23. Some nights he'll shoot well, some nights he'll shoot, shoot poorly. And in the end, like that guy who's sitting at the back end of your roster is almost clearly your worst player. And your worst player who's inconsistent is a clear stream guy. So sure, drop him. Sure, hold him. But have him, put him in, put him out, put him in, put him out. There's always going to be options that appear. Like having a Neesmith on your roster and holding all the way through when you could take advantage of a ad today of Dwayne Washington or a two-week ad of Landry Shamet or maybe an ad of a big man in Oklahoma City with Pokashevsky out. Right? That's the that's the waste of that spot. So get it, drop him. Bruce Brown, hurt his ankle yesterday. Um, I don't know it would have been that quick to drop Bruce. Yes, his numbers are down with Maga Porter Jr. back, but Porter can get hurt, Murray can get hurt, Gordon is hurt at the moment. I think I would have held on to Bruce. Tyus Jones, yes, this is a clear one because I, well, it's, it's clear why he was dropped. The production when Morant plays isn't there and it's never going to be good enough. He's a guy that if you're in a weekly league, you're in a roto league, you're at top of the standings in a head-to-head league and you just want to hold someone as a luxury stash for the moment that Morant goes down, that is why you hold Tyus Jones. But that can't be for everybody. It's not in every league that that can happen or it's not for every team that that can happen. Now, if he was dropped and I was at the top of the standings, I'd consider it. 
just because it gives you a little bit of insulation. He's going to play every night. It's not like he's not going to be in the rotation. And he might be the 180th best player when he does play behind Jar. But in a situation where Jar goes out, then you get big numbers from Tyus Jones. So I get dropping him. I'd also look to add him. Landry Shaman, one of the most dropped players. Stupid. Ridiculous. Why? I know he's out, but Jesus Christ, no. You shouldn't have done that. Yes, he's out today. But this is... And I, I get a lot of those drops would have happened before... Uh, before the Booker news dropped. But if you listen to this show, you would have known the Booker was out at least a week, a week and a half. So if Shamit misses today, oh well, you might get another four or five games out of him. I would have held. I did hold. And I think you should have too. Nico Batum, I don't really... Why was he dropped? He played pretty well yesterday. He's like a top 50 player over the last two weeks. It is on some unsustainable A shooting and, and B block numbers. But why did yesterday's game trigger him to get dropped? I don't understand that. And then Santiago Dama. Why is this guy added or rostered in so many leagues that he continually appears on the most drop list? What are we waiting for? He should have been gone weeks ago. Why is he still here? Let's look at droppable players. What does this mean? It means, like I just said before with Aaron Neesmith, if they're at the back end of your roster, do you actually need to hold them when opportunities like a Washington or a Shamit or a Payne or a Mascala or a Baisley, or a Wiggins, or whoever it is, that Dante DiVincenzo, or Anyeka yeah, Okongwu, whoever it is that appears, is it worth holding these blokes to wait for those guys, especially when you're talking either short-term or even long-term? Is it going to be there? Is the value going to be there? And the number one guy I've got on the list is Tim Hardaway. Like, hold him. He'll be better than he's been in some games, but he'll also be worse. He's a points and threes guy that the field goal percentage can really hurt. He's total. Look, the minutes are great, and there could be good numbers there, but he's not a must-hold player. Lonnie Walker. Hello. I don't know what more evidence you need that he is not a 12-team league guy. It's been presented. He presented it himself. He went on the court and said, look, I'm not a 12-team league guy, and a lot of you chose to ignore it. Please, he's not a 12-team league player. Easy. This one here is obviously slightly controversial. It's a little bit more foresight, though. Mo Wagner, last game, got into foul trouble. He's been really good. He's been a top 100 player this season, really clearly. Right? But those games have come because he's played basically when Wendell Carter's been out. He's been awesome. But do we really sit here and think it's going to be either a minute share between Carter and Wagner or Wagner's going to play over Carter? Do we actually think that? And the answer clearly has to be no. We don't think that's going to be the case. And we think there's no chance of that being the case. So while it is worth holding Wagner until Carter starts and until he gets back in business and until the minutes push up, it's worth holding Wagner and getting that. But again, when you're looking, all right, that, that helps me for today, helps me for Friday maybe. But if an option appears, like, let's go back to it again, we're going to keep referencing him, Landry Shamet for the next four weeks, then one game of Wagner versus maybe four weeks of good value of Shamet. Of course, Shamet might not provide that. But that's the odds calculation you've got to make. Is it worth holding for that one game? Well, I'll just squeeze one more out when you can, might be able to get 10 or 12 better games of Shamit over the next month. So that's why I put Wagner on the droppable list. You don't have to drop him, but if that opportunity arises, he is trending down. He is going to trend down relatively quickly, I believe. Now, of course, that could all blow up. Maybe something happens and Carter gets hurt again and Wagner stays as a 28-minute-a-night center and, and dominates. That is possible. That is a risk you take with almost any move you make in fantasy, but I think he's got to at least be put into that bucket of droppable players. This next one, Sadiq Bay, you drop him. Like, I don't know what we're doing. Why are we holding on to him? He's not good when he starts. He's not starting. He's not good. Like, this is, there's no reason for me to hold him in 12-team leagues. These next four, the italicized ones, it's more specific to points leagues. 
Brandon Clark is not a 12-team points league player. I don't know why he's being rostered in as many leagues as he is. You do not need to hold him. Bol Bol is on my list. In the category league, I'd be more inclined to hold him. But like Mo Wagner, it is heading down the toilet really quickly. Again, that was as clear, as obvious as dog's balls. It stood out, stood out like dog's balls. That Bol was going to lose value. Like I, I couldn't have been clearer on that. Um, and it's happening at the moment. In a category league, he is close to a droppable player. He's not quite there yet. And again, similar discussions need to be had. Like, am I getting a longer-term play here for Bolt? But in a points league, he's not that good anyway. Like, he's not as good as it is in category leagues. Probably 40, 50 spots worse. And it's heading down. So when you're looking for a guy that might be top 170 here on out in a points league, is that worth holding? He might be top 130. But is he actually going to be... Is there any upside for Bolt to be a top one, a top 70 points league player rest of the season? I highly doubt that. Jalen McDaniels. I think he's probably a drop in categories as well. Yes, the Ubre injury pushed his minutes back up, but we know what it takes. It takes one to two injuries for him to become a must-roster guy. He's a better category league guy than points league player, and I just don't think that that's worth holding. Well, and Austin Reeves. Well, I do like Austin as a, as a category league sort of back-end hold. In points leagues, that value is not there. He doesn't provide the bulk scoring numbers that you need to be a points league relevant player, so I don't think that he's worth holding in a 12-team points format. Today's episode is also brought to you by... Now, I've been calling these guys NHTSA, but I heard this ad on another podcast, and they called them Nitsa. Is that what it is? Nitsa? That's a terrible name. Anyway, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end, and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get it right. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's look at must roster players. So what does this category mean? These guys, who I think are top 100 players, rest of season, who are available in over 20% of leagues. Might not be your league, but we just got to run through them. Kelly Linick, his roster percentage has dropped because he's been injured. Guess what? He's back. At him. Walker Kessler, yes. He's a must-roster player. Last game wasn't particularly good. Do not drop him. Cam Johnson, you were at that stage. He's only rostered in like 55% of leagues. He might be two weeks away from returning. The book injury eventually helps him. If you are struggling a little bit and you don't have IR slot, it is a little bit hard to add Johnson, but I think we're getting close enough where you can add him and feel a level of, hey, I can deal with a two-week absence. It might not. Maybe it is longer. We, the Suns haven't really given us a good update on this, but we're about that time frame now where we're getting about two weeks away from Cam's return. So I think he's worth grabbing, and we'll find out what happens from there. And I think Jalen Duran's a, a must-roster player. The next four guys are more must-roster in points leagues. Killian Hayes, still think he's a must-roster in categories. Jaden Ivey's a must-roster in points leagues, not, not in category leagues. Jeremy Sohan's a must-roster in points leagues, probably is in category leagues as well, but not quite at my top 100 cutoff. And then Jalen Duran is there in points leagues too. But these guys are all available in lots of spots. You'll notice three Pistons there on the points league side. And I think, yeah, all of these guys, really, realistically, even in category leagues, all of them should be on a 12-team roster. All of them probably should be on a 10-team roster, really. And have a look whether that makes sense on your squad. Let's look at hot players. Obviously, if Landry Shamus at the top of this list, we're talking about hot form, not attractiveness. Sorry, Landry. 
Um, Landry Shamit's like a top 40 player in the two games he's played over the last week. I've spent too much time talking about Landry Shamit. Yes, he's an ad. Nico Batum, again, top 100 player. I don't know why he was dropped in so many leagues. Now, for points leagues, I don't think you need to worry about Nico Batum. And the minutes and the minutes cap because of the other players on this roster make him frustrating. But when you're looking for a steals, blocks, and threes guy, that's what he produces. He's also hitting those threes at a high percentage. He does have some value in category leagues. It's just going to depend on if it makes sense on your team. Pat Beverly. Yeah, he's playing well. I think in a 14-team league, you have to grab him. He is available in like 95% of leagues, Pat Beverly. I get it. People hate him. I get that, right? People hate Dylan Brooks, but he's rostered in a million leagues as well. Beverly's outproducing him at the moment. Like Beverly's not the greatest ad and very easy drop when something starts to go wrong. But I'd even consider a 12-team ad. I'd consider it. Tory Craig, <clears throat> yeah, top 100. Add him. More value for him. Although he does sometimes get minutes eaten by a Kogi. He's still a fine ad. Pat Williams, yeah, nice schedule. Little boost in form. Little boost in minutes. Good. Najee Marshall and Jackson Hayes. Well, they are obviously up there because of the Zion, Trey, Herb, and Ingram absences. Two of those guys are back in Trey and Zion. We've still no Ingram or no Jones. I don't think that Najee or Hayes are absolute must-roster guys. I could consider Najee with a stream for their next game with Herb out, but uh, otherwise, no. There's no way that they can maintain even top 150 value or even top 180 value, I don't think, rest of season. Let's look at some players available in over 90% of leagues and where they fit. Grayson Allen, Dillon Wright, and Pat Beverly. They're all 14-team league ads, I think. You could make an argument for Pat in a 12. You could make an argument for Delon if you need steals. Now, I don't. I just don't think Delon's got a 25-minute-a-night role coming straight away. Yes, Beal is dealing with a hammy, but they've somehow listed him as only questionable today. I think that listing is questionable, but they've only listed him questionable. So I don't think Delon's just waltzing into a 25-minute-a-night role. But in 14-team leagues, sure. And then there's Grayson Allen, who is a 12-team streamer, but a 14-team league ad. And then a bunch of guys who I think should be 16-team league roster. Drew Eubanks? Yep. TJ McConnell, Luke Kennard, and there's two injured guys who are going to return soon, I believe. Gary Payton, maybe the end of this week. Now, I don't think Gaz is a 10 or 12 or 14 team league guy, but his high field goal percentage and steals combo is really useful. And even in 18, 19 minutes a night, he can impact 16 team leagues. And the other one is the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. I don't think he's going to have the value that he had in previous seasons with KJ Martin, Eric Gordon, Tari Eason, but... He literally could push, push Eason out of the rotation, and he's available everywhere. So in a 16-team league, he could be the 160th best player, 150th even, and in a 16-team league, getting that for free is really good value. Like, the 150th best player in a 16-team league is a starter, and that might be Tate. Like, he's around in a lot of spots. I, I don't think he's playing 28 a night. In fact, I'll be pretty stunned if he is. But I also wouldn't be stunned if they trade Eric Gordon that Tate plays 30 a night and is the 120th best player. So I reckon it's about time that both him and Peyton, who really haven't played, are worth having a look at. Let's look at some other names. Emmanuel Quickly. RJ Barrett's out for at least a week. Quickly will get more minutes and more touches there. Clear ad. Clear 12-team ad. Jock Landau. That's back to the Phoenix stuff. He started last game. Was that a Memphis matchup thing? Or will they continue to go big with Booker out? I don't know. But Landau is an interesting player. We want to watch that. He's more of a deeper flyer. Mike Muscala. That's with the Pokyshevsky injury. It could be Baisley, it could be Muscala, but Muscala played really well last game. And in a 16-team league, 14-team league, the Moose's blocks and threes and scoring is actually really valuable. Preston Chua's coming back. Is he good? No. Is he better than Juancho Hernan Gomez? Yes. Yes, he is. Is he better than half the shit they're doing? Yes. 
is he, he's not a 12-team league guy because they're just the lack of blocks and steals and horrible efficiency in both field goals and free throws kills him. But a 20-minute a night, maybe 24-minute a night player, and they've already benched Gary Trent, and Precious just probably slots back into the starting role, there's at least 14-team league appeal. And Yekura Kongwu should be rostered. Capella's dealing with a calf, a re-aggravation. Sorry, that's not a re- real word. Aggravation. You can't re-aggravate something. You've got to aggravate it. Anyway. Nyekara Kongwu, yes, 12-team. Malachi Flynn. This is a riskier one, but with Fred Van Vliet dealing with a back injury from carrying gigantic minutes for three years, Flynn is really the only other point guard on this team. And Nurse has developed a little bit more trust in him of late, 20 minutes a night over the last week or so. If that pushes to 30, Malachi is a 12-team option. Now, it is risky. Nothing might happen here, but you've got to be looking at him. At least watch list him. And in 14 teams, I think he's a grab. Monte Morris with Bradley Beal maybe in or out. Morris just should be grabbed at this point with Beal's uncertainty. And they've been starting Dan Gafford over Danny Abdi. Only played 18 minutes last game, but he had five fouls against Embiid. If he plays 24 and night as a starter, Gafford, he is a 12-team league player. We didn't get that last game because of foul trouble, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen moving forward. I don't think that it will, but it could. So that's a name to watch, and it is a situation that could really work in our favor. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Subscribe and ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.